This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to episode 17 of the One Without a Dream podcast. Tonight I am joined by the one and ever, the one and only, sorry, one and ever, I always get things wrong, one and only yeah. Danny Baker. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be discussing the win against Cheltenham, the, the best I've seen us play against Accrington. We'll be discussing the FA Cup draw. Then we'll be discussing who we think is the three most pivotal players to ever play for AFC Wimbledon. Uh, and by that, I would say that they upped our levels when they joined, done stuff for us that no other player's done. And then we'll be discussing the Don's Trust elections and have a little preview of the Wiccan game. But Danny Baker, how are we today? I'm absolutely marvellous, thank you very much. A bit, little bit jaded. I was one of the uh, stupid ones who decided to stay up to watch the cricket yesterday. <laughs> so I, st- I was got all excited. I was like, yes, it's great. I had a little nap. Got there about quarter to 12. I was all buzzing. First ball, bold, right, that's that then. And literally, we just went downhill from there. So, a bit of a a, a weird three hours because I went from the highs of watching us play brilliant to England getting absolutely skilled over. Are you a cricket man, Lee? Have you, have you bowled a few overs? I bet you bowled a few maidens over, haven't you? I was a wicket keeper. Of course you were. I was a wicket keeper and a bowler. Uh, and batsman. You'd bowl it and then run and catch but, it, would you? To be fair, who's the geezer got out? Is it Roy Burns? Roy Burns, yeah. Yeah, it, see, I've had that done to me. I, we used to play, we used to do this thing called Street League where I used to live. So yeah, well, yeah, I know it well. I know it well. Different streets, you have your football team, and then during, we used to have a little cricket season as well. And I, I smashed his shot. Unreal the shot was. But the kid literally was about two yards away from me. Hit him, and it's hurt him, but he's caught it at the same time. That can and then, happen, yeah, mate. Even golden, the best of us. What's it called? Golden Duck? Not a Golden Duck. That's a Diamond Duck, I think. I'm loving this. I'm absolutely loving this chat. 
Well, you're a big cricket man. You'd go around teaching people to oh, play cricket, didn't love you? Love it. Big, massive cricket fan, but bigger Don's fan for the next Which, hour. So it does surprise me because you do not look like a cricketer. What are you trying to say? You just, you, I don't know. What you look, look like Freddie. You look like a Freddie Flintoff in his pomp. And he was, yeah, he was fantastic in his pomp. Yeah, but you, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> he don't even look like a cricketer. Do you know what I mean? So, oh, where we are, but man. yeah, I, I, I wouldn't start. I don't care enough to stay up at night and watch it. I'll just check it in the morning. But you like the you like a cricket tea, wouldn't you? You'd like to get stuck in at half time, some well, sandwiches. I'm an Essex boy, so we 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 always we always done well with Essex. Ronnie Rani, uh Rampakash. Not Rampakash, he's Middlesex. Who's the other one? Who's the other guy we had? Yeah, I still got Alistair Cook. Well, yeah, the best ever. Who's the guy I'm thinking of? Can't remember his name now. But well, anyone knows who Lee might be thinking of, let us know. Yeah, can't remember now. But yeah, that's how, that's how much I'm into cricket. I don't even know the names of them. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. But, yeah. but anyway, Cheltenham, talk to me. Talk to me. Yes, big, big win that was. I, did you see the Cheltenham fan video before the game where we've done a little vlog? No, no, I didn't. Go on. Well, there's a Cheltenham fan and there's a Wimbledon fan. I don't know who the Wimbledon fan is. They done a, they were at a vlog and stuff and they were asking Cheltenham fans what they expected. A lot of them said they were going to win 2-0 or 3-1. It was going to be an easier tie than Mate, they expected. after a minute, I thought it was. You get that with us now, mate. Oh, mate. It was so, like, weird, that whole game. Because, obviously, firstly, where was everybody? Like, literally, we were looking around. Then we, we, we barely, we thought it'd be really busy. And a lot of people were like, oh, it's near Christmas. And I, I kind of was like, I get it. But it was a massive game. And, obviously, within a minute, they also, first time I've seen, they spun us round. So, we had to, obviously, come at us the first half. And then we were going away from the South stand the second half. But, but yeah, Jocker started off poorly and we were like, well, this looks a bit dodgy, but got back into the game and never looked back. It was absolutely, we've had, what, the last three or four home games, we've looked really, really good. It's good to see Palmer fit, good to see a South fit. And then again, like usual, we just pressed like a self-destruct button <laughs> and we all start retreating and all of a sudden it's chaos. It's, FA Cup's a weird one this season for us, really. We're not, to be fair, we're getting... The exact same amount of people that we would have at Kings Meadow. Yeah. So if we had Geisley or Cheltenham at Kings Meadow, that's a great crowd. Hmm. But now we're at, at Plough Lane and we're only getting four, I think it was four and a half, weren't they? On yeah, Saturday? four and a half for the um, Cheltenham game. Four and a half thousand. You expect, you do expect more, but I, I don't know. It's weird. The FA Cup's really not selling it to we, women we fans were, this year. We were literally, the moment we got the equaliser, we just went up and up a gear and up a gear. McCormick is growing and growing into that role. He's, he was excellent on um, on Saturday. Do you think we've been too critical of some of our... I know we're critical of the loan players, or I've been critical of some of our loan players, but our own players that we've signed, like the McCormicks and stuff, Like I, I saw the interview with Robbo, uh, and he says he works with these players every day. He knows what they can do. And you've got to sometimes factor in the change in going from Chelsea on loan to Bristol Rovers, then coming to us as a full-time player, not a loan player, and trying to fit in and stuff. And it does take a little while before you actually then see the best of a player. McCormick might be what I'm, what I'm saying, really, is he, he's come in, he didn't hit the ground running like we thought he would, but now we are seeing what a player he is. Possibly. I mean, the one thing I would say, though, is he did have the whole year last year at Bristol Rovers. And at Bristol Rovers, those guys, whenever you've seen them, they were, they were bigging him up. I think, I think the, big, the big thing for me is, is what we've, as a fan base... We're going to be inconsistent. I think that's what we have to accept. We've 
with with the model that we've, we're deciding to, I don't think we've decided to, to be honest. I think we're having to. I think we've kind of been put into this pocket of young players, good young players, and we're going to go with it. We've kind of been put in that pigeonhole, so we're going to flog it and go with it, which I respect. We're going to be inconsistent. But he in particular, has he, he was pivotal. And Asal's back. He was hustling and bustling and charging around. He was very good. Yeah, what's what's the difference with Vassal now then? What would you say the difference is? Is is he has he had a kick up the arse because of his disciplinary record this season? Uh, you know, what I mean, he could have been missing the six games, and and Robbo's had a word with him and said, "Look, you are pivotal to what we want to be. You want to be the the best player in the world. You can't. You don't see Messi doing the stuff that he does. I know." You can't take it. Rooney was very similar. Like they're different players, as in the way they yeah. play, but they're very temperamental. The, the way they they act on the pitch. I think, I think there's two schools of thought. Personally, and again, this is the this is the the weird arts of football because we only see what is in front of us. We don't, as we speak a lot, we don't see the backstory. Could have mm. been a, a family bereave. I think he might have had a little niggle. If I'm honest, I felt that he lost a yard of pace. He wasn't confident. In, in particularly, he used to be, I think he's most effective when he's really pressing hard. Like he's pushing, pushing, pushing. And the last three or four games, he's done that. But also I think the red card not being a red and the goal, I think the fact that he started to get, he's on the, on the score sheet, he's just grown and grown in confidence from that. So I think there's a, a combination of factors, but I think with him, when he's good, he's really good. And, mm. and to be honest, I, I mean, he has played against. He has been good against four of the what four teams who I think are in our in our window. I think our window is probably from bottom bottom half to be honest. And I think against the bottom half team who are under the cosh, a sale's going to be a nightmare. Um, and he has been excellent. I'd love to see him turn it on against the Sheffield Wednesday or an Oxford or somebody really really tasty. But Cheltenham, he was busy. Palmer was good. He sort of. Again, though, with Palmer, he's a tricky. I was talking to my dad about it. He kind of drifts in and out of games. He's not, he's, he'll pick and choose his battles, if that makes sense. He'll kind of, I don't fancy that. He gets, he's a lot deeper than I was expecting to be, but took his second well, took the first one well. But I don't know, where do you, I mean, what, what do you, what, what do you think happens then? The moment we made, we made three, three changes, three of the bigger players. Why do you think we as a team to start to go backwards the moment Palmer's off the pitch? What what happens? Do you think? Because as I say, the only negative surround like, around Cheltenham was the subs, uh, because once we made the subs, we then, as you say, go backwards and we can see goals. I think the difference with Palmer is that the players that are coming on are not good enough. They're well, not they're not as good as Palmer. Yeah. So Pres- Presley's nowhere near as good as Palmer. Which, to be fair, Palmer's a seasoned player yeah. now. He's a veteran, you would say, even though I don't. I think he's like, what thirty. Uh, 29, I think. 29, yeah. So he's like our experienced head. He's been round non-league. He's been round League Two. This is his only time at playing League One. Yeah. And you and you can see that he's experienced. Where Presley's 21-year-old lad that's come on loan from Brentford B. You don't know the level that he's playing at. I, I still don't rate him. I'd send him back in January if we can. Uh, and I think that's the difference. I think the players that are coming on are not who came on. Again at Cheltenham, it was so, Presley. So on Cheltenham was Presley came on. Lawrence Marsh, Marsh and Lawrence came on and one other. Um Chislet. Chislet, yeah. Again, I don't I just don't think Chislet is as good as Asal or McCormick. Nowhere near it. 
Oh no, sorry, uh, Kadja came on. Sorry, not Kadja. Okay, well, Kadja again. He's he's there just to get minutes. So I think we saw four one, put Kadja on, and, and he's there to get minutes. You think that game's over at four one or when he came on? Uh, Marsh, as much as I like him, Woodyard and Hartigan have got yeah. that that Woodyard's duo going now. That, that partnership is brilliant, and you watch them every game now. Woodyard just goes around, just getting the ball, giving it to Hartigan, and Hartigan just pulls the strings. Where Marsh is unfortunately where he's been injured and not being able to get in the team, he can't do that at the moment. So I just think it's the fact that yeah, they're not as good as the players they're replacing. What do you, do you mean? Have a loan to Lee. I mean. Have we got a genuine? Are we in a genuine position? Because Lawrence isn't getting a game now. Now, no Presley, no Lawrence, no Mabude. Haven't played really. I know. I, th- I don't know whether Lawrence came on for the last little bit against Fleetwood. I would guess he did. Um, the sorry, Cheltenham. Is there a? Re- do you think there's a realistic threat here that we might lose all three? I, I hope so. Hope I you mean, hope we lose all three. Yeah, I hope they go back. I don't think what, we what, need even Lawrence. Uh, Lawrence, I, I think, is brilliant, but. There is rumours going around that Chelsea are not overly happy with the minutes he's getting at the moment. You're, you're a Chelsea, you send a player on loan, you expect them to be starting every game. Absolutely. It, 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 that comes with the territory. Robbo is not going to be one of these players that are going to go, yes, you'll start every game. I don't think he, even if we got sent Ronaldo. I, I think he'll just say, you, you play well, you get in. Robbo, as he says, he likes to develop players and he, he wants to develop our own so we don't have to get loans from Chelsea, Man U's, and the Premier League clubs, but if you're if you're if we we're sending who is it Cosgrave and Andrews and they're not playing they're on the bench for conference teams would you be happy with that Would you be happy with their development sitting no, on a bench No, they I, might I, as well I, come and sit on our bench. I to- I totally get that, but obviously so, with Lawrence, if he was to go back and would leave Wimbledon, would he get another gig in League One? Lawrence, yeah, yeah, I easily. So. He'll probably go Charlton, like they always do. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. I actually said that to my mate the other day. I was like, I, he would be the kind of guy that would be sent back and we and would end up at Charlton. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in Ipswich, a, a Charlton, someone like that. He's good. I think he's brilliant. I think he... But then I, we were talking about Paul Sue today and the, the way he's taken that chance yeah. is what you want. And that's what Robbo's kind of giving our players now and saying, look, I can go get good players... If you want to play first team football and you want to play for Wimbledon, then you have to show up every week. Like we'll move on to Accrington in a minute, but I thought Paul Wasu was brilliant against Accrington. And as I said about Paul Wasu, we've got to understand as Wimbledon fans is that we're going to get four absolute brilliant games out of Paul Wasu. Yeah. But then out of five, we're going to get one really dreadful game. We're going to get an absolute stinker. But yeah. That, and you... that is the thing, though, Lee. We've got to, as fans, you, sorry to touch on it, but you mentioned earlier about have we been harsh on our players? I think as a fan base, football fans notoriously are so fickle, so (laughs) what's in front of you? And we can be, let's be honest. But the one thing we've got to keep remembering is is if we are, if we can stay in this league, which to be honest, right now, I I feel like we are in the position we're going to end up. I think we're going to end up 17, 16, 17. I think, and I think, you know what, we'll be above some bad teams. I think we'll be some good teams will be nearish. We've just got to understand that if we're 16th this year and we can keep a decent nucleus, could that transfer into something else? I don't know. Great. But... I, I just think I, like fans are going to be listening to this and go, is, is Lee taking the piss? He's probably one of the most critical players. Like, I literally am so critical of our players. I am very fickle. I literally am either 100, I go 100% in on them or 
you know what I mean? There's no middle ground with me. But I'm looking. No, I, at, I barely noticed that, to be honest. <laughs> I'm looking at the. I'm looking at recent results and the way we're playing and the way we're trying to play and thinking. Well, actually, Paul Osu, he could have been out the door at the end of the season. Yeah, and definitely. under other under management, someone uh, I think one of my mates, Alan, made the point, or uh, Lewis made the point that under Wally, Asal was gone. Yeah, Asal was out the door as well. He would have been released, which seems criminal now if you think about it. And that's no disrespect to Wally or Glenn who came in, because we all probably would have said, "Yeah, okay, he's a small player," like, but you. This is where we get the difference with Robbo. Is Robbo's going to give these kids a chance. And next season, if we can stay in League One, we have got people like Cosgrave, Andrews, Bilal Hussein. Yeah. People like that on loan. Uh, who's the other? Elliot Bolton at, uh, what's it called? At Corinthians. The, the 16-year-old Alfie Bendel, who are out on loan getting men's football, which we never done before. We left them in under-23s to, to kind of rot, really. Uh if we move on to just talk about Accrington, I, I said on Twitter the other day, I think that was the best performance that I've seen that's, from us. I mean, that's that, that's a big statement, but that, uh, they're, uh, in terms of actual football quality, I think we've had better games than that. But for what I would call a, a what you as a Wimbledon fan would normally say, if you said, what is a Wimbledon performance? It's never say die defending, supporting numbers, whatever's chucked at us, we'll, we'll outman them, we'll be physically stronger. I felt for what I would associate with a traditional kind of Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon type team, I felt we showed it in abundance. Yeah, but you, you also got to remember where we're going. We're going to Accrington. Yeah. It's not a great place to play. The weather was absolutely horrendous. Oh, the weather was pathetic. Really well bad. Well done to any Dons fan that was there, by the way. It looked, did you, on the TV in the background, you could see them all jumping around. Mm. They were absolutely loving it. It was absolutely wicked. And fair play to the Accrington guy who gave them free hot drinks after they had a shocker with the... Uh, dream about the Fleetwood fans? Yeah, scumbags, oh, and not they? up all their toilets and stuff. Yeah. But, well, they, again, talking about the result, they beat Fleetwood 5-1 the weekend, and we struggled with Fleetwood the, the, the week before. Do you know what I mean? So It was just a, a really... Inc- the first half, I thought, when Palmer had a really easy shot and he missed oh, it... Mate. And Pell had the header at the other end, and I thought, "Oh no, we've missed a we've missed a boat here." This, and then that first five or ten minutes, which was literally camped in our half, camped in our half, camped in our area, and we every time we kept clearing it, the ball kept going back at us. I was like, oh, "Yeah," but but they weren't really in it, were they? Really, Colby I, Bishop was quiet. They, Dion yeah, that's Charles what... is the guy I was talking about because they had remember they had Colby Bishop and they had the other guy Charles. I think he's a Northern Irish international. He's been apparently been completely frozen out. Well, Colby really Bishop's the one I, I said I, I think yeah, he's, he's really he's, I'd, I'd like to have him, but don't think I think he had one chance which Zanev saved. But other than that, I can't really think of anything they really did. Palmer has to score. I yeah. don't know how he misses. I, I think he's just gone to smash it in the net and didn't realise where he was. But yeah, I thought we've struggled. At, I know we beat him five one when Robbo first took over. Yeah, but I think we struggled there previously and. Yeah, I was I was thinking, oh no, keep a clean sheet as well, which is huge. Dan Soccer keeps Colby Bishop absolutely quiet. Yeah, he did really, really well. And again, and, it was the fact in the second half, it would have been very easy just to have like again panicked. Ollie Palmer got 90 minutes as well, which I was quite surprised at. Um, but no Presley on the bench, which is interesting. I don't know if yep. he's got a knock, we don't know, but him not being around was interesting. And it was the first game when I felt 
I kind of felt that almost it was like, okay, do you know what? It's 90 minutes, this lot. And they they kind of put a lot of pressure on us, apart from right at the end, without really creating a huge amount, I didn't think. But For me, it was a massive win because if you look at our next five fixtures, which we'll come on to at the end, it, we've, got, we've got some really, really tough fixtures coming up uh, with the FA Cup tie in between. And uh, yeah, we needed to get three points yesterday because then that puts us in good stead now going into some tough games. I just thought Woodyard was so good in terms of he does the swashbuckly stuff really well, doesn't he? Really battled. McCormick, I thought, was everywhere. thought him, Asal was a constant pain, a constant nuisance all over the shop, I thought he was yesterday. But we're just a really comprehensive one. And like looking at the league, we're 17, but with two games in hand, we're one win away from 12th, yeah. um, which is which is incredible, really. So the, and like I said, I'm not dreaming too far ahead of that because... Playoffs are back not, on. Oh, come on. Klaus, back come on. on. Get your Wembley, get your Wembley hat on. Come on. No, it's just silly. Look, <laughs> look, we're going to finish between, ideally, in and around between 12th and 18th. And I think that's where we're definitely going to finish. I'd like to have it done early, though, this year. If we're staying up so we don't have to worry, I'd like a stress-free uh, end well, to the season. To be honest, it will just, I think everyone can see there is a level of progress. We do lack quality, and there's no doubt about that. But as we have said as well, though, our starting 11 is competitive. And people like Osu who have played, again, he's, he's a left back playing right back, right footed player. He's whacking balls with his right foot, Osu. And obviously, the second goal he's cutting and hit. He's been very impressive. I do, I am still very concerned about the two of them because although they've had good games, their pace will get them out of trouble, but they are very offensive. So, not. Not, not offensive since they're having to go at people. I mean, they are offensive <laughs> in terms of American, let's go offense. They keep, they're going to constantly be attacking, shall we say. Um, but those two guys have been, have been decent. I think we battled hard. I think no one can watch it and say that we weren't worth the three points. But as you said, big month with a lot of big guns coming to us and us going there. Uh, but obviously, Ryan Lowe's left, isn't he? He went to Preston? Preston, yeah. Yeah, interesting that one. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one for me because I thought Plymouth were a bit of a bigger club than Preston. But did you really? Yeah, well, they get they're huge, huge down in Plymouth. He's a scouser. Preston's obviously up there. Probably, I, I don't. Yeah, but I didn't think of that actually. Where he lives, and, we never think about that as fans again, though, do we? We think they can just move wherever we want them to move. But uh, no, I, I'm really chuffed for Osu. I think he's again. I think other than Fleetwood, he's been absolutely bang on, and, and his pace is just frightening for teams. Yeah. So they can't. We as as def, as def, we want them to be defensive. Sometimes you, can't, you they're just not going to be able to because they're so scared of us. And that's what you want. You want the first teams to be scared of us. Yesterday we were all over them like a rash. We were pressing. They kind of. I, was, I don't know if you saw on the internet. They did a lot about the Man United guy who, despite the fact I've seen his name four hundred times, I keep forgetting how to say it. Is it Rangnick? Ragnick? Yeah, yeah. His name is. He does a lot of like one guy and everyone press. Um, and there's a great clip of the Dutch team. They used to do it in like in the world, one of the World Cups. And we saw one guy have it and four or five of our guys were all over and we picked the ball up and we played. Um, so it's really, like I said, we've had a quite a good little... Crew's been quite decent. Obviously beat them. Fleetwood probably got away with one. Cheltenham was a good result. This was a good result. We've kind of been... We're in a decent place. But um, yeah, I know we'll, we'll talk about the Saturday game. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm, I'm quite pleased, I think. I think I'm quite pleased. Be interesting to see now 
where we end up at Christmas and then what happens money-wise with these additions to the squad and how we might play it. That will be a quite interesting one to talk about, I think. Yeah, last question yes. before we move on. Harry Pell played last night. Yeah, I know you're not. I was a big fan of him. You're not, though. No, and I, I, yesterday, I, was it? I watched last night and thought, yeah, I'm glad we've got the centre backs, uh, centre midfielders that we've got other than him. I didn't think, I thought he walked around the pitch, didn't really do much. Mr. Simpweda, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's not with us. Yesterday was a, was a, a massive contrast in styles for me. We were trying to get the ball down, pass, pass, move it. They're quite big. They, the amount of long throws they just pumped in. And they are normally the kind of team that we would struggle against. But we actually got the ball down and played. And I do think the way that we play will suit us away from home a lot more than being at home. But like I said, I can't knock it. John Coleman was a big fan of ours. I was listening to some of the commentary yesterday. Um, I actually normally would listen to Don's. But I thought I'm going to listen to what the Accrington guy says for a bit. And he was very, very confident. I find that quite interesting actually listening to the other fans. Yeah. Brett Orberob was saying he was very surprised. Yes, yeah. I, I listened to that. Down. Yeah, I, I listened to yeah, it's quite because yeah, some of them are so biased, it does my head in, to be fair, and I have to turn it back off. But, I, yeah, I listened last night, and they were actually quite... They were down the line, and Brett Onward was very, very happy with, yeah, the way we played and I stuff. Mean, fair and play as well to the guys who went there. I mean, that's a, a pretty mad journey. There's a, If anyone's got social media... Well, Lee, your, your muckers were there, weren't you? They were all in the service station at silly o'clock in the morning. Yeah, Nesta's dad again went up with them, and they love it. Yeah, they, they, they absolutely loved it. I, I wish I'd gone, but... Yeah, Tuesday nights in Atkinson Looked are not the cold, one at the moment. Isn't it? Yeah, Looked it was, cold. Looked cold in, wet. Cold in Essex, let alone Absolutely in Lancashire. Well right. done to everyone who went, and well done the lads. We're uh, we're we're in a in a really really good place, coming up to a very very important part of our season. Agreed. Right, we'll come back and we'll discuss the FA Cup draw. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Welcome back, and we'll be discussing the FA Cup draw. So, we've been drawn away to Bournemouth. Uh, for me, the FA Cup draw was really annoying because when it was Bournemouth or St Albans that came out, it meant I had to watch the game to see who we were going to be playing, and it, it was awful. So, I turned it off after a little while and watch the Everton-Arsenal game, which was much better. Uh, but Dan, what's your thoughts on the FA Cup draw? My immediate thing was, yes, that is a right touch. But then I forgot that Bournemouth would have been on the telly, which I think almost, I can't remember many teams who've had a back-to-back TV game. So I would guess that we'd be not on TV, which is obviously a decent amount of dosh. So now it becomes a little bit of a banana skin for me, because if we play well, we should beat them, and that's fine. And we're probably expected to do well. Um, and the round four sounds pretty awesome, um, which which almost guarantees you a a bigger side. But the way that we played against Geesley, Geisley, whatever you want to call them, does it does it does worry me somewhat. But just being in the draw is good. It, I guess it'd have been well, I'd have preferred it if he was at home, and then we could have had felt a bit more comfortable on it. But hopefully, if Bubby's here and safe, then I'll hopefully be able to go up there and 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 go and actually brand new ground for me. Have you been to Borenwood? Is that one I of have. your uh, your ones? Yes, I have. Yeah. Any good? Don't count it though, because it's not part of the ninety-two, is it? So. Well, cool. Well, no, but you count as a ground you've been to. Yeah, it counts as a ground. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I, I, the thing is, I I think they've done it up since I went. I went when we first started, and we had Borenwood in one of the pre-season games up there because it's right by uh, 
the TV studios where they film Big Brother. So we went along the side of that and shouted out a load of abuse See, to people that were in Big Brother. To the dairy room. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to go because I don't, I'm guessing it's going to be seen to get olders only, which I'm not. Uh, we only get 1,250, I think, which we'll, I think we'll sell out at. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping I should be able to go, but I, there's a chance I won't be able to. And how good a job do you think Garrard's done? I mean, do you think he was close after? Because he was always, you know, with the bookies, like they, they always get it wrong, but he's, he's always been in and around it. Is he been close, do you think, to our gig? No, because he would have been under contract at Bournemouth and we're never going to pay for a manager to leave their job to come to us. So we only ever take, if he was out of work or if he then decided that he wanted to speak to us and maybe leave Bournemouth, then maybe. I, I think he's done a brilliant, I don't pay that much attention to the conference at the moment, really. They're second, uh, aren't they? Are they yeah, I, apparently, I think Sam Elliott, who works for non-league paper, so he knows quite a lot about them, said they've spent some money this year and got, got, some de- got a decent squad down there. So it is going to be a really tough tie when it first came out, I thought, yes, that could be on TV. But then as the draw was going on and you see some of the, like, Man U Villa, you see uh, Millwall Palace, uh, all these big ties come out, you think, well, we're not on TV now. And as you said, if we're not on TV, you, you always get one, but you always get one of the non-league teams winning. There's five left. I just hope it ain't against us. And especially as we were saying before, we've got a really tricky run of games yeah. I think the FA Cup game falls in between playing them lot up the road and someone else that is going to be a tough game. So we could be on a bit of a losing run by then, or we could it be on... Be, it should be between Plymouth, because Plymouth are the, on New Year's Day, aren't they, away? And then that following weekend is the Cup weekend. And then after that, I think it's those who shan't be named. But I think I think it's... a. I think that, like I said, like I said, the FA Cup TV rounds are normally lower team at home against league opposition to kind of make a bit of atmosphere. Could it be an upset, etc.? And I think that would appeal. And they do love the Wimbledon backstory, um, and we've been quite, but we've been a, a beneficiary of that. But I don't think it's big if enough. It, if it is on, if it is on TV, I just hope it's not on ITV4, because the coverage on ITV4 is awful. Uh, and if I'm not going to be able to get a ticket and I have to watch it at home then, yeah, I don't want to be watching it on ITV4. But as you said earlier, I think if we go there and we play with our full full squad and we play to our full potential, then we'll roll over Bournemouth and we should roll over Bournemouth. And as you said, a fourth round tie, what, we're not... For me, the FA Cup's always good when it's the third round yeah. or, the, or the fifth round. Yeah. They're the two ties you really wanted to be in. It's fifth round, league. you start thinking, hold on a minute, you can get to Wembley, yeah? Yeah, yeah, you're like, yeah. And if you if we get a fourth round tie and it's a, a winnable game again, yeah, you could start dreaming a little bit then. Because that, that was the thing with the Millwall game. Because obviously when we beat we beat Fleetwood round three, we then beat West Ham and everyone went older, older all. Says Millwall here, round six, last eight, thanking you. We and could do that, quite, yeah. Get quite interesting. What a, what an absolute sucker punch that game was, by the way. Did you watch it? You must have seen You must have watched it. Yeah, the Millwall game when we lost 1-0 at home. Yeah. Absolute rubbish. Yeah. We were well, rubbish. They were just about as bad. They, they, had, they had a beam. My mate's a Millwall fan. They had a beam back up at, at the den. So they <laughs> was watching at the den. What was it? Yeah. Wallace scored. And it was like, oh, we were happy. I don't think we had a shot on goal. They, yeah, like, and they had that one header. And, and that was it. They scored that was it. with a header. Like they scored and... really early header. 
And after and that, that everyone else <laughs> like, oh. just might as well given up. Like, then. Literally, like the biggest, dampest. Everyone, I was proper buzzing before. You know what annoyed me about the FA Cup draw as well is that we came out. What was it? First draw, first second, one. Yeah, second, second ball second. out. So we couldn't even play yes no game. That's it. Yeah, your WhatsApp group must have been. Ah, oh, it was dead. That's it. it was, everyone was fuming. To be fair, because it was like think? no. No. Do you oh. think the FA Cup? I mean, I I prefer it the way it is. But a guy at work, he, he was saying that he would like it where you do the draw at the third round, and it's like you know who you're going to be playing all the way up to Wembley. No. So you almost no. know who you've got in the next round. No. No, I agree. No, I that's agree you. Tell your mate, he's that's an awful idea. I will tell. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to say. No, point. tell him. Yeah, and I think most no, people will agree with that. That is probably one of the worst shouts I've ever heard. I agree. I, I'm going to tell him. Man City would be well out with that, wouldn't they? Watching like also the draw, like Chelsea get a, a bang easy tie again. Chesterfield, yeah. Man, you're at home. It's just yeah. I, redraw, maybe... redraw. Get Rod Stewart on. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, with the hand. <laughs> it's probably the hot balls. They got hot balls, don't they? To tell them well, which one's which. Whatever you, but, whatever, whatever balls you want to talk about is up to you. But yeah, I, I was to be fair. You've got to be chuffed to be getting a conference team in the FA Cup for the round. Because I know you want the glamour tie and we need the money, but I don't know how much money we win for like, what we get for winning the tie. But it's going to be something which would be nice. And it's a winnable game that we can get. You, you can get your Newcastles then or your Man U's at home then. Do you know what I mean? Or even, as I said, if even if we get a winnable game after that, you keep the pot going, keep the money coming in. And then in the fifth round proper, you get a proper TV game against get a massive club. 82 grand. For winning. For winning that third True. round, so beating Boreham Wood to us is worth eighty-two, and yeah. then after that, it's ninety grand for round four. Because there used to be a rumor, and I don't know how true this is. I know someone might be able to tell us, but there used to be a rumor going around that all the FA Cup money used to go into the pot, and it used to go to the players. Yeah, I remember that. And that's when everyone that. was fuming because Trotter, didn't they ages ago about well, all the FA we... Cup money was just going to them. And when we got to West Ham, everyone was like, well, yeah, we've been shit this season. And now we're in the FA Cup playing really... We, we were like well-beaters in the FA Cup. Quezia Pyre was fit. In the league. We, yeah, Quezia Pyre. The Leicester spotted Quezia Pyre. Yeah. And we, it up a Crawley. <laughs> mate, he's doing work, Crawley. And uh, we, uh, yeah, we, we were like well-beaters in the FA Cup and shit in the league. And it was like, well, yeah, that's because they're getting like 200 grand at the end of the season because of the FA Cup money. And a trip to Vegas, a, probably. I think it's a really, like I said, I think it's a really good draw. I think it'd be a really good thing for us to have to keep us ticking over. But it'll be interesting what headspace. If it was playing them tomorrow or boring would now, I would be very confident. But yep. with the four or five games coming up, our headspace could change very, very quickly. Starting with Saturday, so yeah, that's I, who knows. That's what I said. It could be either we're on a bit of a run still and we're full of confidence, or we've just gone five games. Loss right. and it's like, got a fancy, you've got a fancy a win at Boreham Wood and then a proper exciting right round four. A couple of Premier oh. League teams will be out because they play in each other and it'll be very interesting to see where we are. So Yeah, and you never know. We could be going Wembley twice this year. Put the champagne on ice. We're going to Wembley twice. <laughs> right. We'll move on and when we come back, we'll discuss the Don's Trust elections. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Welcome back, and we're going to be discussing the uh, Don's Trust elections, which happened uh, the last four weeks. Which, if you 
wasn't aware, which a lot of people weren't because obviously the voting turnout was quite low. But yeah, if you wasn't aware, the Don's Trust elections took place. We have uh, elected our new board, which I haven't got the names in front of me. It's Michelle, uh, Niall, Chris Stewart, Freddie, Chris Stewart, uh, Graham Stacey. Yeah, that's the five. Uh, huh? Michelle, Graham. No, it sounds like I'm, sounds like I'm naming like Take That or something, <laughs> like a band. Michelle, Niall, Graham, Freddie, Chris. Yes. That's the one. Yes, well done, mate. Like the, they are the new Beatles. I did have it in front of me, but my, it, I lost it. But yeah, and I, first off, I'd like to say well done to anyone who stood for the Don's Trust and the Don's Trust board. Congratulations to the people that have been voted on. Uh, I didn't vote. I'm not a member of the Don's Trust. And are you a member now, Danny? Or I, I decided, having been challenged by a number of people about it, I decided to to get it. Obviously, I wasn't able to vote this time, but I'm really interested to see your opinion, Leon. On love the idea of being fan owned, but having well, you, rather than me saying it, why don't you tell me what we were talking about in the break where we should have been recording? It was excellent. Go on. I, I won't. I won't be getting a Don's Trust member membership anytime soon. Uh, I still don't think. I know people say, well, if you you want to have a voice, then join the Don's Trust. But 36.7% voted out of 3,300, I think it is 3,100, don't have the exact numbers. To me, that's pretty poor turnout for something quite big with regards to the Don's Trust and the club. Some people have said that's because people are possibly happy with how it's run or happy with the board as it is or the people that are going to be voted on. But for me, I think it's poor turnout. Uh, Luke McKenzie come back, who always does, he's always great at... Yeah, coming back to, yeah. to queries and stuff. And he said, uh, what did oh, I just gone black then? He said, like, it's always been a low turnout. It's always, well, not always been low. He said, didn't he? If, they, if they're happy, they don't vote. It's always been that kind of percentage, which to me then is alarm bells going off again, is that it's always low. So where are we getting, as I said earlier, we're getting about 7,500 people at home now and only 1,400 people voted. So that's 20% of a fan-owned club, the fans are voting. And remember, which... that's, just, that's just the fans for the last home game. That's yeah. not people who missed it. That's not people who've got seen tickets but didn't go. That's not people who are who've been, you know, brought overseas fans who've been supporting the club for a long time. I mean, how, how big do you think our community actually is, Lee? Like, in terms of, it's hard to say. I'm trying to, it's hard to quantify it. Realistically, but, you have to look at the, the numbers. 000? The numbers that we had at Plymouth in the playoff final probably yeah. that was over overinflated a little bit. So you're probably looking around about twenty to twenty five thousand, twenty between twenty and thirty thousand. As you, do you reckon in the world that there are twenty five thousand people who are stupid enough? <laughs> no, who generally go Wimbledon is my favourite team, and of that, maybe half are probably more active in terms of social medias, going to games, etc. Well, I just quickly What's went on Twitter there and we got 72,000 followers on Twitter at AFC Wimbledon. Do you know what I mean? So that's, that's a fair but amount. Obviously, a lot of them might be from other clubs. and, and That's everything. true. That's what I'm but, saying. But, but that's a lot. So the challenge is, Lee, is that, and again, I, I, I listened to a bit of it and there was some really good debate. And by the way, the, the, the atmosphere on the groups after, it's amazing that you win a couple of games and the whole atmosphere is better. But what, what are we going to do then to improve the engagement of our fans? Because obviously there is a 
there's clearly a disconnect between the guys who are joining the Dodge Trust and those who are actively involved and the other fans who are not in the Dodge Trust. What, where, it's like, for me, it's like a riddle that I don't know the answer to. What, what do you think the answer is to either improve the voting percentage or to get more of our general community into it? Or maybe it's not a problem. Maybe this is just what it is. Yeah, maybe it's just me that, and I'm just one person with one opinion, and that's it. There could be a thousand other people out there, or, or the fourteen hundred people that voted, or, or there's fourteen hundred people that didn't vote, are happy with everything, and how it's going. I, I also think I think we have to improve everything across the board with regards to the Don's Trust. I think we have to improve the way the voting. I, I found some of everything regarding the Don's Trust quite tedious in the end regarding yeah. the vote of the elections. Some of the stuff online was just ridiculous. It was just sell 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 buy 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 do you know what i mean it was just ran yeah. down everyone's throat just constantly i found a lot of it quite boring uh i didn't really find it interesting that 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 interesting uh i found i know like the boards you have to go on and ask questions you know i didn't know what it was called yeah. the board and stuff like that you have to go on to ask questions you could only be a don's trust member to ask them questions people couldn't get logged in or they couldn't find it. And I know it's all volunteers and people working their, yeah. their asses off to make it work, which is really good. But we shouldn't have to rely on that all the time, especially when it comes to something like the Don's Trust Board and running the club. And, and as I said, I, I'd love to have asked a few questions, but I can't, I'm not a member, but I am a fan of 30 years. I spent fortunes watching Wimbledon. Uh, I could go and ask a Michelle in the bar a question and she'd answer it, but I couldn't ask her a question regarding elections because I weren't a member. And as I said, I think some people now are getting a little bit, what's the point of being a Don's Trust member? Uh, and people keep saying you have to be to have a say, but that, as I said, I, I didn't find it overly exciting. And in, I, I would have preferred an event at Plough Lane. I know we got COVID, but I would have preferred a, a question time like event at Plough Lane. I don't think we need a podcast or anyone like that. I know the Nine Years Boys have done a really good job and stuff like that, but I ain't going to lie. I did find the hustings quite boring as well. Didn't really enjoy the format of it, so I, I did turn it off a little bit into it. Uh, again, they, they're volunteers. They do it off their own backs and brilliant job. But I'd, I would have preferred a question time kind of thing at Plough Lane where people could go, all fans, not just members, and we have them up on a panel and we can question them. Do you get what I mean by that? Like yeah, question time. Because... I just, yeah, I, I don't know how you get other people in, included I mean, in the Don's Trust. So what percentage, I know obviously the, the, the ideal one's 100%, but for, from your angle, what percentage of voters or turnout on the election would have been satisfactory? It's, got, it's definitely got to be over 50%, hasn't it? It's got to be. Do you know what I mean? 36.7%, I think it's 36 or 37.6, 36, 36.7. In my mind, that's pretty low. And for Luke to say, yeah, it's usually like that, it's a worry. I know when big events happen, like we couldn't get the money for the stadium and stuff, everyone come out of the woodwork. But that's because fans do care and stuff like that. But I don't what know. About, be... What about that if you don't vote, you don't, you can't be part of the Don's Trust? So the idea being is that when there's a vote, like the elections, you, you own the club. Because this is the problem for me, is you've got... you. you there is you could do a lot of skullduggery in it where you could basically say right i've got 10 kids they're all going to have it but none of them are going to vote what so what's the point on them watering down that i mean there could also be a lot of direct debits so people just left 
so they've got no engagement in it. Maybe if you are going to be in that Don's Trust, which technically means that you're involved with owning and running the football club, then maybe you have to understand or sign a charter to explain that you are involved in owning this football club, which means that there are elections and it's your duty as a owner, as a duty of care to own a football club, technically, you need to vote. And if you don't vote, that's fine. But that means you need to miss out on the next round of whatever it is, just to kind of get a fair reflection. Because for for like, for, for, for some people who are Don's Trust people, it doesn't matter. But for some other people who, it's a, it's a massive deal. This could have been massive. And like, those 65% of people could have, could have made a difference in terms of the percentage of votes. And even, the, and even the argument that people are happy with it, then they should have gone and voted for the people they're happy with. Do you know what I mean? Because you, you had people on there. And they, do you know what I mean? They might not got on because you didn't vote. And you were happy with, say, Graham, or you were happy with me. Michelle smashed it. And you were happy with her, but then go vote for her. Then, if you're happy, it don't take a lot to vote. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, it's hard for me saying because I'm, I'm, I didn't vote, and I'm not a Don's Trust member. I just, I don't know how we engage. As I said, I find it's, it's the same. It's all with every bit of politics. It's the same as a general election. You could go under the radar as a Labour Party all the time, but once a general election comes, you make sure that everyone knows that you're voting Labour and the reason why, or you're voting Conservative, yeah. you're voting Lib Dems or anything. I found the elections again. I found that people are just not seen on group Facebook groups or online for ages. Boom. Just getting on people straight away. This, that, boom, boom, trying to undermine people. Yeah. Uh, and I just thought, I just thought it ended up getting very petty and very, very sad in the end. And yeah, I'm glad it it's over. It definitely wasn't a great atmosphere, but I, I would love to do some digging with other guests or speak to other people or speak to the old, old Don's trust or the new ones about how they're going to, what their aspirations are, if it is. Because let's be honest, if you've only got 35% of the, of, the, of, the owner, of the people who own the club interested in decisions that are being made, your life's a lot easier. You've got less people to have to harangue and work around you. You just work with the smaller. So really, actually, you're, you're getting rid of two-thirds of it. You're only working with a third. But also, the, the, the concern I have is, as I've said before, it doesn't seem to be a very genuine understanding of the whole fan base. I feel personally, the Don's Trust have got a, a lot of the Don's Trust members are very anti, not anti-investment because a lot of people have spoken about it, but anti-sellout, selling up and this enshrinement world, which is still, I won't lie to you, I'm quite well-educated. I have got no idea what it means, <laughs> but how the, the kind of language that was being used is quite partisan, if that makes sense. Quite, it's we're this and if you're not, you're this. And I don't feel that. I feel that in the in the last since we've we were created, the the graph or the graphics have moved. And I feel that it was at the beginning absolutely at no cost. We want any investment or, or we want anything. Personally, I feel we should be if we should be doing fifty one forty nine. I think I feel that's where I feel we're we should own it just about and maximize our money, but have a decent say in it. So we've got that last vote. But it's interesting. I guess, like I said, I don't know why there is a disconnect between people buying the Don's Trust membership and my dad being a season ticket holder. I don't know what we can do to bridge the gap or, frankly, whether we want to do that. I don't know. Like, like you said, like we had 189 fans up at Accrington yesterday. We don't know how many of them are Don's Trust members. But if you're not a Don's Trust member, then you don't get a vote or anything. So you should never say on the way the club was running. And I think 
well, sometimes people have too, they don't have enough time to go through all the Don's Trust stuff. Do you know what I mean? It is, my, my, my question to anyone or to yourself, Danny, is, is, is the Don's Trust now really, is it, is there a point of the Don's Trust? Because we've only got 36% voting in the Don's Trust in a massive election. Do you know what I mean? Which was huge because there are people on there that wanted to never sell out ever. Yeah. And then you had some people that were very, very open to selling out and, and would be happy to sell out 100%. That's quite a big thing. there's two parts to the answer. We obviously need a Don's Trust because we need people who are going to basically technically be the people who are responsible and, and if you want in very big brackets, own the club. But is the Don's Trust working to the way it should be? I don't think it is. And I think that's the, that's the thing. We obviously need a Don's Trust type figure because otherwise we go to a fact of a, a person owns it and that's that. But is that group of people diverse enough, educating enough, switched on enough, but also is a direct representative of the wants of the fans? Personally, I feel that if you're a season ticket holder, you should get a Don's Trust membership. I feel that if you're putting money up front and you're going to a large number of games then you, are, you should not have to then continue to do it. But as loads of people said, it's 25 votes. And if we're not doing it and you have an opportunity where it's one, one away game you'd miss, technically, and, and you, could have been, you could be in it. So I but don't, it's a weird one. You might have a question. Was it long enough? Was it long enough to learn about the candidates standing up? Because I'm, I'm, there's one candidate for me that I know, I know him very well, uh, Grand Price. And I'm very, very surprised that he didn't get elected on because I know his background. He's a yeah. very smart man, very good financially. I think he works in the financial sector and he'd be brilliant on the Don's Trust board, in my opinion. Okay. Right. But he didn't get voted on. And is it because he didn't get voted on because there was not enough time to actually learn about him? That people like Freddie Flaxman previously didn't get voted on. He got voted on this time. But Freddie Flaxman didn't get voted on before because he was a total stranger. But do, do we need? I mean, we already said that the hustings was a little bit dry. I get it, but how do you the toxicity or whatever the word is in terms of the Facebook? Do we did we need an, a long campaign? I don't know. But then you take it off Facebook. Then you take you say, look, this is not going to be a place for the Don's Trust elections. We've we've got this new group regarding elect. I don't know. I don't know. But you have one month to learn about one person that you're now going to vote in a Don's Trust board. So you've got people on that Don's Trust board now that have been around for years. Do you know what I mean? Ex-chairman and things like that. So they're always, in my opinion, always going to get a vote because of who they are yeah. other than what they stand for. Do you know what I mean? And there is people getting on to, uh, standing up for the board who have the intelligence and the business acumen that we need that people don't know. And if people don't know them, they're kind of scared of them and don't want them on the board. Do you get what I mean by that? Not yeah, like, I totally understand. Because as I said, I, as it's not we, jobs we, for the boys, but it's kind of jobs for the boys. Yeah, we've interviewed Freddie before, and I said to him, the problem we've got is that we had Charlie Coppel come into the club, sold us this big dream at Sutton United that time when we could ask him any question, and then he sells us down the river. We don't want other people coming in now, and we think, well, we don't know this geezer. Yeah. He could, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm pretty happy Freddie is on the board now because his worldwide knowledge and stuff that he could bring to us. Uh, hopefully he can bring, but there are people that you look on the manifesto and think, Blimey, they'd be really good at this job. But I don't know who they are. And I think other people, I don't know if that's the same. Do you know what I mean? Like we yeah, get a month. I mean, my big concern. And again, from what I understand, and you might be the correct me or not, 
How, how is it two years that you can be on the John, John's Trust yes. board? For my understanding, for me, if we're going to develop, improve, and grow as a club, we we need fresh people to do that. And I feel that the current guys that we've got, they're all like you said, they're all kind of from the roughly the same sort of community. I I feel like we've kind of just like as you were really. Whereas if we do genuinely want to be ambitious enough to, for fans, some fans I don't, but there are fans who want to go into the into the championship. We've got a brand new stadium. We've got brand new things. I just wonder whether or not fresh eyes and fresh understanding and a fresh perspective would have benefited us in the longer term, not just because it's new, but because it's a better, it is a better representation of the demographic of the fans. That's, that's where I see it. But I'm, I'm going to be fully supportive of who we've got. I think they've done a congratulations to all those people and well done for those who voted. Again, if you're not part of the Don's Trust and you want to have a say, it is frustrating, but it looks like that's the way to go. I just, as I said, I just, the only thing, the last thing I will say on it is I just, I don't believe right now that the people in the Don's Trust and the Don's Trust as a whole is the correct reflection of the whole fan base. But no, no. how we change that, I don't know. I, yeah, I agree, and that's the, that's the thing. And we'll, people will say to us, well, why are we not putting ideas on how to change it? And, and this is how hard it is for the current Don's Trust board members because they have to try and find a way of getting more people involved. And people like myself who are literally, I don't, don't I want mean, to be involved at the moment. Box, because right? A simple ballot box where you walked in the door and right in front of you was literally a table with like, this box, this box. And every week, there was just a simple question. Or even online. Online's more tricky. But if you're in the game, it's like, right, by the way, put your stamp on that. Or can you pick your this piece of paper up, put it's... it in that box or that box? I wonder whether that gets more... Just to get to gives you a better understanding of where we're at. I don't know who networks. Because most people, like myself, like to have a drink yeah, and stuff at the game. and Right, yeah. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't even be able to put a cross in the right box. But... I don't know. It's, it's it's it is a tough one. I get what you're saying. I just I don't know where the Don's trust to go in at the moment. As I said, I there's no. I know we said earlier that there's there's people on there that will speak to fans and they'll they'll clarify stuff for us. But I've also seen people from the Don's trust board write comments to people that they probably shouldn't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think well, you're a board member. You're you're an out like you're you're running our club. We've put you in charge of it, and you're kind of. I know there's some people on the what's the Facebook groups and stuff that are literally ridiculous in some of their comments. But as a board member, you should maybe think actually, I shouldn't reply to him or I shouldn't say like laugh at him or his comment or anything like that. I should just I guess leave it. I, I guess that that mate is the balance between fan and board member. Yeah, and also the, that the, that really fine balance like Robert has between I want you part of this journey. And I'm giving you all this information. We, you kind of want them on the journey, but arm's length, if that makes sense, yep. um, how that works. But again, it'll be interesting to see. And I, I guess the proof will be in the pudding because in three or four years' time, when the money's paid off, hopefully, I don't know how long it'll take, but when the money's paid off from Plough Lane and we're older, I'm better looking than you're... I don't know how you get worse looking, to be honest. But <laughs> once we've got to that point, it will be amazing to go, right, well, where's the excuse now? What, what we should be, we said that this was going to open this door, this door, this door. Right, well, where are these doors? And hopefully we'll be there. But we'll No, I agree. I agree. And, and, and again, I congratulate everyone who has been voted on to the, the Don Trust board and everyone who stood because 
it's something that I, at the moment, haven't got the time to do or wouldn't be able to do. So people that are taking the time, and, and we've said this before, these are people that are fans. They're not, they're putting 100% in to trying to make our club better. We might not always agree with what they say or their opinions, but we are all trying to go in the right direction as one club. Finch, so. 2023. <laughs> you heard it here anyway. first. Do you need a running, mate? Fake news, mate. That's fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Right. We'll move on. And when we come back, we'll discuss our three most pivotal AFC Wimbledon players. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. Right, we're back and we're going to be discussing three of the most pivotal Wimbledon players or three of the most pivotal players to play for AFC Wimbledon. Uh, do you want me to go first, Danny? As, uh, well, I, quite I, interesting. I, I don't mind, but the, the word pivotal, and I was being, being a bit controversial, so I was, I'm just in my headspace. I've gone for like Hall of Famers. Now, I don't know if we've done a Hall of Fame, but I've gone for, I know you've gone for like the three players we couldn't do without. I've literally put down, if I was doing a Hall of Fame tomorrow, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. See, I've got, I've got loads. Like, we've, 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 we've been discussing a Hall of Fame for ages because I think the club should do a Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, you know, like teams do it now. Like, every, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like Hall of Fame. Like but every year we put, say, two players in the Hall of Fame, two uh, people that work for the, the behind the scenes, like the management team or something like that, into a Hall of Fame as well. Uh, I agree with that. But my, the, the, these three pivotal players are three players at that time when they played for us, took us to either a new level or we were like, wow, this is like amazing. Okay. And I said, I've got, I've got others. Like, my, right. my, well, you, you go on. We'll do, we'll do one each. We'll trade off. Go on. My, my first one, my first one at the time is going to be Matt Everard. Okay. Because when we signed Matt Everard, when we were right down in the, I think it's Combined Counties League, he was playing at Ash. And he, he signed for, he's got, he was like a centre-back scoring 35 goals incredible. a season. Incredible. Do you know what I mean? And you look at that time, you think you could have had a Kevin Cooper and stuff, but then, I'm not being rude. A lot of strikers at a time should be scoring goals at that level. You you are two or three leagues above. You yep. should be banging goals at Combine Counties. I just think Matt Everard came from a Combine Counties team. He or a Ryman Division 1 team. And he was just huge for us as a centre-back at that time when we, yep. when we first started going. He was Captain Caveman. All the shot coming from Terry Brown was at all the shot at the time and wanted him and he turned them down. To say no, look, I'm really having fun at AFC Wimbledon. I know I'm not going to be a professional footballer, and for me, Matt Everard at that time is probably the the most one of the pivotal players that we had to get he us was, up the league. The reason why he was also great is that he kind of we identified in terms of Wimbledon. What and again, let's be clear, Wimbledon AFC Wimbledon. Wimbledon, we were the crazy gang. Relatively, we hadn't lost them by that long, but we were you know aggro, push, shove physical he was super physical and like his goal record was absolutely brilliant <laughs> but so i i don't he wasn't on my he wasn't on my seven but he would have been he was definitely considered but you look at that time like we had sim johnson and people like that and they were good center backs but we really needed someone who weren't going to get pushed off the ball was going to stand up not he weren't dirty he weren't going to fight anyone but he was as you say he was just strong both boxes. 
Class. He was just, yeah. And as I said, Joe Shearing could have been in there, but other than his injuries that he had for us and stuff like that. But at that time, I think if we didn't have Matt Everard coming in and, and what he did for us, I think we might have struggled a little bit. We would have still won the leagues. Don't get me wrong, but he was just, at that time, just different gravy for us. And I thought he was brilliant. I, I had Kevin Cooper um, because the fact is he did score an absolute bundle of goals. The fact for me is I felt that him coming to the club was a real statement of intent that I felt a lot of others came. And the fact that this lad was going to potentially be at Sutton, which at the time was a good two or three leagues above, and he decided, no, actually, sod this, I want to be part of what they're doing. I I felt I felt he was pivotal for the other guys to go, wow, they've got this lad in, scoring bundles of goals. I, for me, I, of that whole CCL kind of campaigns, you probably picked the two best players, Everard and Cooper, to be honest with you. And I think yeah. Cooper, for me, was just so talismanic. I know, like, Joe Shearing was good and the whole ex-Chelsea thing was great. But Cooper was just like unbelievable at that level, just fantastic. Now, as, as I said, he was really close. As I've mentioned him earlier, he was really close to me to to play against Sutton. I think he obviously played in that game. Kevin Cooper's got a massive, he, he, big ego on him. You could see that at that time. He loved yeah. it. He, bit of a visionary, if you be honest, because he looked at us and thought, "I can really go on and play and score hundreds of goals here, become a bit of a folk hero, bit of a legend." Do you know what I mean? He's always welcome down again. If you came down to the club, everyone would be like, I'd probably be like starstruck a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. as I said, when I interviewed Andy Sullivan and Ross Standen the other day, I was more nervous interviewing them than I have interviewed like Dave Anderson and things. It's because what they did at that time. And I agree, I, to, to come down after the Sutton game, we obviously thought, yes, I could do something. And he loved it and he scored loads of goals for us. The only, as I said, the only reason I didn't put him in is because he was a, what, Conference South Ryman Prem striker at the time. I don't know yeah. what league Sutton were in. I think they were Conference South at the time. So you'd fancy him to drop, you'd fancy a Conference South striker to drop down and play in the CCL. And also, he didn't come for the money either, which I like. No. Him and Everard, they didn't come for the money because they would have been getting paid more where they were. And yeah, that's, that's a good shout, Danny, from you. Good shout. I'm very grateful. Now, can I just mention one well, before we go into your second pick? Yep. A player who played a lot, but I, I would, I just discount him straight away. Is Sam Hatton? Now he played a lot of games. He was well, like literally not league, the... 144 games. I don't know if he played league foot with us. Um, I think he did. No. 2012. He's last. He's like no, maybe he played in the. Yeah, no, it... he played football league. He played football league for us because um, a lot of these guys look like they. He played, he played in the conference uh, final, player final. But he was he was Manchester. a player that didn't. I just I, he played a lot of games and he was obviously a decent footballer, but never got. I never even entertained him. He's a weird one for me, Sam. And he's a. I think we done a boo boys where people got booed un, unnecessary, and I think he was under that kind of player that everyone loved to hate. You know, like a. And in your heart, can now everyone yeah, he, he, a good ball, he was quite adaptable, scored. yeah. But yeah. for me, just never got out of he never got out of gear. But should, do you want to go for next this one, or I've, should I? I've seen him play this season as well, Sam Hatton, right. for Wingate yeah, and Finchley, Wingate and Finchley in the FA Cup, Wingate and Finchley, 
Wingate and finish here. That's where he is. And now you can go because mine. I've got two players in my okay. second though. Two players joint. Oh, okay. Well, I pretty know. I, I, well, I've gone for John Main, and I would have gone. I just feel for me, John Main was a bigger player for Wimbledon than Kedwell, which could be a bit heavy or not. I just felt that John Main was an absolute goal machine, just non-stop goal scoring, and I felt Kedwell was. They them two together were the perfect foil. And obviously they're, they're together, but I I didn't want to pick. Kedwell was the eighth name on my list, so John I've, John Main, excellent. I've I've gone John Main and Danny Kedwell, okay, uh, because I think they built up a great partnership when they were playing together. That they were just unstoppable. John Main for me has a little little cloud over him, really? which I'd love to talk to him about, because okay. there's a big rumor that he was on trial. At, Milton Keynes before we signed him ah, and they okay. turned That's him right. down. And if, yeah, but if they, if they said yes, he would have signed for them and we would have never seen he John had, May. He had no, like, no, I know, but it. now he's a woman, like he's an absolute woman hero. I just, I'd love to speak to him about it, but yeah. And, and the goals he scored and he loves it. He still comes down, I think to watch Wimbledon. And he was just, he was, um, he's like Jamie Vardy-esque, if you get what yeah, I mean. He I just, agree. And he scored against us as well for Tunbridge, where I think he run us down, run the keeper down. Didn't he? he was just an absolute pest. Yeah. Just, but always was in the right position. Didn't necessarily always have great games, but always knew how to score. Oh. And I just felt that he was a huge difference to us to getting up in the leagues. I felt that without his kind of goals and his just like general, like impudent way, like right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna nick the ball off and cross it. I just loved, and I loved he had a little bit of needle on him as well. Well, yeah. didn't mind leaving his foot in here and there. Was that and he, he scored some very, very important goals. Look at the Hampton Richmond header. And he scored all kinds of goals as well. But I've got, as I said, I picked him and Danny Kerwell because when Danny Kerwell came in, I think we were struggling a little bit. He came in from Grays. Yeah. He was on our bench to start with. And then when he came on and played, again, he was just an absolute handful. I love the stuff with Crawley. Uh, I love the stuff that he was apparently going to Crawley and he was going to be sick and he weren't going to play. And I love that little bit of needle he had with them and him and John Main, they were just brilliant together. And I just think, again, without them two in them seasons, I think we would have struggled. And they were just excellent for us. I'm, I'm Danny Cray now managing, which I hope he does really well. Yeah. Uh, and John Main, I think, I, I, my only wish for John Main is that he would have played a lot more in the Football League for us. Yeah. I think he deserved it because he was that good when he first signed for us, Mainy. But yeah, Mainy and Kedwell are the two that I picked as a joint. Because okay. I think they came as a partnership. All right, go on then. Who's your last one then? My last one? Yeah. Another striker? Yeah. Lyle Taylor. For me? Yeah. I think he just, it gave us that little bit extra. And I well, I was saying, well, if he ever left, he leaves. Do you know what I mean? Uh, we, we'll get another striker in. And I don't think we've had one. Maybe Piggott comes a little bit close. But I think Lyle Taylor, when he came in, and what we've done for Lyle Taylor as well, he's gone on to Forest stuff. He was, he was what, Scunthorpe's fifth choice striker when we signed him. And and we're quick to look at records when we sign players now, aren't we? We look at their stats and stuff, and we write them off straight away just from stats. Definitely. If you look at Lyle Taylor's stats before he signs for us, you'd be yeah, like, no. Yeah, he was a passing thistle. I think the thing <laughs> with Lyle Taylor, not, not to break into too much voice, but more than a player... More than a player for me. I just felt that he was just, he bought into 
I know that was really bad. Like, yeah, and it's a no from me, mate. It's a no from me. But he definitely bought into. I felt he's one of the one of the few players in the football league era who bought into the whole thing, hmm. the whole Milton Keynes thing. He bought the whole history of it. He bought he bought the whole pantomime villain thing that he loved. He was the player that was loved to wind them up. He was exactly the kind of guy that we loved. A little bit of agro merchant who's a bit of a pain in the bum. I felt he was. Like I said, he he definitely is probably in the whole of the AFC era. Him and him and Rob Ursel were my two favourite players. I think. They yeah, were just, and, really and that that goal against them as well, where you got the flare in the background, you have got him pumping his chest, saying, uh, "This is my club." Uh, also, but he also made people like Tom Elliott really good. You remember the amount of times Lyle Taylor he used to always love going on like hugging the right wing and doing a cross or. Those, and just like we're one nil up, and three minutes to go, ball's been pumped to the corner. Taylor is after the ball, and Taylor is going to get a throw in, get the crowd going, or he's going to nick a little foul. He was just—I remember the the game that sticks out is Charlton home. We won one nil. They had a, they had a dodgy back pass, and Taylor run through. And we we're like, right, that's it. I mean, he couldn't bizarrely he couldn't take a penalty for us, but now he he scores penalties for fun. But yeah. <laughs> he was I also think he's one of the only players I think that's ever come back and got like absolutely sung loads of songs. Like Charlton away that time when we were really struggling. Uh Wally's first game, I think, and we and, and, and the play we had Jake Jervis's and people like that didn't really give a shit. And it all you could hear was Lyle Taylor Bay with the whole song. He's playing for Charlton. And he'd come over and he gave it the big beans. He told all our players what he thought of them. Do you know what I mean? He didn't give a shit. He loved he loved us. I think if we if we had more money and we were a little, could go a little bit higher, I think we could have kept him. But unfortunately, I don't blame him for leaving. Oh, no, you because can't blame him. Getting from what three grand a week to 10 grand a week in a short career, he went on, done all right at Chuck. What annoyed me is Chuckman fans trying to pretend that they freaking made him when it was us. I just but, loved like that picture of all of the guys at Wigan, all of the fans with the yellow wigs, just all that kind of stuff. Wimbledon have got a great, and again, it's one of the good things about our club with many things but that connectivity is is excellent so no excellent pick it was yeah right. we agree and we spoke about the Akron game earlier and you see the, the players coming over now and that's what we want to see and that's what Lyle Taylor had and I think it's because of him that a lot of the other players got involved the Tom Elliott's the people like that who don't you don't seem to see it now when there are other clubs they have that with the fans but with us when you've got a Lyle Taylor when you've got a Ollie Palmer or McCormick or something like that you can really then bond with them players that they become yeah. cult heroes at your club. And I think that's, and at that time, I think Lyle Taylor was needed for us and we, he needed us as much as we needed him. And he scores a goal at Wembley to get us into the, to the, uh, to, yeah. So I, I like our top five. I've got one last pick. Now I'm going to tell you the person that I, I, I the reason why, well, the person I was going to pick and the reason why I haven't picked him is Will Nightingale. And the reason being, is I thought he was the he for me is the first youth player who's come right the way through, I feel, and has genuinely gone from because Hartigan was probably around slightly earlier, but he only this year I feel he's really like been that guy. Nightingale, I feel, is like that, is like the like the first boy, the first son being born, like he was the <laughs> first Don's young lad. But the other player I picked was Barry Fuller. I just think that what he gave us as combative experience but 
just the like the consummate professional. I personally, I believe, and I generally believe, without him joining the club, I don't think we would have stayed in it. And I think the reason being is I think that his attitude to football and the way you listen to other people who speak about him, his standards that he sets was incredible. And still sets. Still sets a Dorking. And, and even now, like a friend of mine who's, who goes to watch a lot of the non-league teams, they're saying he's absolutely terrific. And that the attitude he has, he's exemplary. Obviously, he went to Gillingham and I, I felt he was quite hard done by it and we could have done with him. And I would have, I would have had him still. I, would, I think he, he had a really good opportunity, and I think he would be the kind of guy that, if he wanted to, he would be quite a decent coach. I think people would have listened to him. But for me, I think Fuller, at the time, there were a couple of others I had. I wrote Andy Little. I thought he was excellent in goal when we were a bit younger. One I put down, but I, I, I'm going to get rid of it. I thought Sammy Moore, but he never really did enough, did he? He was good, no, not for me. Good player, and a, and a, and a, but he. He wouldn't have made a Hall of Fame. But I think no. those six would have made six. Nightingale, maybe, might have. See, Barry Fuller is another one for me that I probably made a mistake on where I said that actually come to the end and that was it. He was getting too old uh, and he needed to kind of move on. And then when he did move on, you've realised just how, much, how good he was and what you needed around the dressing room. And I think that's when Neil Ardley struggled after that is that he got rid of a lot of the older heads. Yeah thinking he could possibly do what Robbo is doing now, but we didn't have the talent that we have now and we needed them experienced pros. And yeah, I, that's probably one mistake I made with Barry Fuller is I thought he was finished. Yeah. And he's still proving me wrong now because he's playing at a decent level for Dawkins at what, the age of 60? 65. No. <laughs> My last question on this, Lee, last question. Go ahead, mate. Of the current squad, if I had to ask you to name one player who you think would get into the Wimbledon AFC Wimbledon Hall of Fame? Who would it be? Now thinking about, I think in order to be in a Hall of Fame, you have got to play 150 games. So you can play 30 Ar- and go. Andy, who would it Andy, be in the current squad? Would anyone get in there? Andy Hartigan's going to get in there if we have a you Hall think? of Fame. He's going. To, yeah, he's been at the club since he was what young kid. So if Hartigan he, leaves at the end of the season, will he be in the Hall of Fame at AFC Wimbledon? Yes. No, I don't think he would. I think he would because of I, I think people he's so under undervalued Andy Harkin. It might be so underrated. I, well, that's the reason why I don't think I think Nightingale. I don't get would, how people get on his Nightingale would Nightingale would because he was club captain and that kind of there's stuff. There's a few there's a few in if they stay with us for the next say five years, yeah. I, I could give you a few that will get in a Wimbledon Hall of Fame. Well, my question, bearing in mind, Radoni's not, right? Now he's got the potential as a player to do it. But yes. I don't see him being he, around long enough. And yeah. I don't think a Sal would be around. Maybe not. See, I, I, I'd say a Sal, if he stays for the next five years, he will be a Hall of Famer. Same as Rodoni, but I think both of them probably will leave before them yeah. five years are up. Nick Zanif has got everything it takes to be in the Hall of Fame because he is okay. becoming one of the best keepers that we've ever had. Yeah, I, I can't not that. He was, he, he, the two saves, particularly at Cheltenham, were incredible it's every week now though mate he makes unreal saves to kick Woodyard, us in games. is he he is definitely i was gonna I say up. again if woodyard stays it depends on how long he stays for us again if he had two more years woodyard if he stayed for two more years i could definitely see him if he plays anywhere near what he's done this year i think he would be mccormick i haven't 
I haven't seen enough of McCormick. Again, so I think it, these, it would the, be wrong of me to. There's a lot of players there are young and stuff that I can see. I can't leaving. see Kanapai. I think he's a good player, but I don't see it. Nesta, no. Uh, Osu, said, no. I think they'll just go. Oh, I think they'll leave, unfortunately. I think yeah. Andy Harkin will be in the Hall of Fame. I think he probably deserves to be in the Hall of Fame now. So you're, you're one player in the current squad, you're saying, within 20 100% years, percent Andy Harkin. Hall of you're, Fame, you're going to say Harkin. You're mad if you're not even putting him in now. We'll move on. I normally I, like a guest, but this has been quite pleasant because I've really like, we've had no rubbish and then you've just come up with that. Right. I'm not out. even asking you yours. We're, great year. We're moving on. A great year, but come on, he was didn't even get in the team last year and the year before and the lots of horizontal passing and stuff. Like, no. He's had a fantastic it's management. Year. Management's fault, not his. Anyway, we'll move on, and when we come back, we're going to preview the Wickham game. The Wombles had a dream podcast by the fans for the fans. And lastly, we're going to be previewing the game against Wickham. Uh, tough game, Dan, away at Adams Park. Uh, are you going to be going? No, it's free hit though, isn't it? So don't worry about it. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to go. Um, but I don't think I'm going anyway. Me and uh, me and my wife are supposed supposed to be going to the theatre in the evening, and I promised her that I'd be back in a good time. It's also a. I don't like the stadium, and b. It's a nightmare to get to. Like you, it's a bit of a mish in the middle of nowhere. I'm definitely going to try. I don't really know how I'm going to do it. But I'm going to try it and go. But if I can't, then I can't. So that's... I like I like the stadium, but it okay. is an absolute mission to uh, to get to. Do you like Wickham? Are you a fans of Wickham? Not really. One of my best mates is a massive Wickham fan. Massive okay. Wickham fan. Yeah, he uh, he goes most games. Uh, I don't know. They're a bit boring, aren't they, Wickham? They're a bit nothing to me. To be fair, they've never been. I know some of their fans used to come and watch Wimbledon games when we first started. They were quite behind us, really, and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. Uh, love but, Gareth Ainsworth, though. Like, uh, I love don't him. Like the, I don't like the, the football they play. No. Definitely, I wouldn't like the style of football they play. I wouldn't like gonna, Are they going to go out there second? Would you back them? Yeah, apparently they got five million from parachute payments. So that's why they're how they're doing so well because Sam they've got Vokes, Sa- Sam Vokes. Yeah, I, I, I do worry about Sam Vokes against our two centre-halves. Uh, uh, yeah, they got Odewingi, Ode uh, not Odewingi, the... Odewingi. Ode Odewingi, Ode they still got him. Uh, he... Let me have a look. I'm going to look through where they, yesterday he's... they played, didn't they? Like we, they won against Bur- Burton. Line-up, let's have a look. They, they did have Onyedinema. They've yeah, got Hanlon, who was at Bristol Rovers, who was a bit poor, poor at Bristol Rovers. But McCleary's a championship player. Vokes is yeah. a championship player. Um, Remember when we tried to sign McCleary? Did we really? When he used to play for, is it Slough? He used to play for Slough. Uh, we gave him a load of stick and his dad weren't very happy with us in the crowd, giving him some stick. And then he decided not to sign for Bromley. Then he went to Reading. And yeah. Well, obviously, B Smoke will have him playing against us. I yeah, I do worry if they play if they play Akinfenwa and Sam Vokes up front together, that they could piss all over Ben Hennigan and Dan but Stocker. But they've got no pace at all. But they'll just lump it up and get on with it. And hopefully, we get a strong ref because I always found when when Bayo played for us, 
any time that we got a ref that just ruled him out of the game, yeah. no fouls against him, that was him done. To be honest, I think that was the reason why he was released. I just feel that the amount of fouls in that year we got promoted, where the amount of guys who'd run up and try and combat him, and he was just like, no, go away, mate, you're not even strong enough. And they bounce off him. And then he was like, yep, yeah, great. I just, I personally, I felt with Akin Fenwa, that was the primary reason he got re- he got released. And he's been a good, he's been good. I don't like the hype around him, the beast mode stuff and all of the FIFA stuff and the presenting. He's done well for himself. He was great as a player and good in the dressing room, obviously. But I'm not, I'm not completely enamoured with him, if that makes sense. I, I get it. I, I, I kind of get where he's coming from with regards to the beast mode stuff. There is life after football. Yeah, so he's just that, build, he's building his brand for when he goes, he'll probably be on Soccer AM as a as yeah, a presenter or something. Line, Do you know what I mean? He's got say, he'll and, be a and talk I, sport I kind of guy, wouldn't he? Yeah, I, I don't know. I like for well, they've got Darren Bent at the moment, and Darren Bent's class. So I don't know he if they're good. Out, I heard him earlier. Good, he, he's very good. Uh, but yeah, I, don't, I I I think we can struggle at the back against them. Ben Ben Hennigan's decent, but. I just I do think we have goals in us again. I a bit annoyed because I predicted four two against Cheltenham and end up four three. Uh, so I think I'm going to go prediction again. I'm going I'm going to go four two, but I think I'm going to go four two. Us to win four two. No, I think it's going to be Wickham four two. We can see goal. We can score goal. I I just think I know we're on a good run of form and we're playing well, and I'm pretty cut. It's a tough one for me because my brain says we'll get beat by Wickham 4-2, but my heart says that... Or is it the other way around? I can't remember. But one of them's telling me that we could go there and we could win 1-0 and beat them or draw. But Wickham are decent. They're not second in the league for nothing. Trying to see what the um, the form guide is. Yeah, um, we're... Have a look. Have a look. It's, yeah. A, it's a tough game. And I okay, said we Wickham, have been... Wickham in six. They've got 10 out of six and we've got seven out of six. Mm. Yes, it's a, it's a very tough game. And I said, our form's okay, but then you've got to look at who we played. We haven't played any of the top teams for a few weeks. I would be delighted. And again, I, I, I said 1-1-1-1. One, 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 and we, we've we had, what, 4-3, 2-0. Yeah. I find it very difficult seeing us get much out of Wickham. I think Pompey at home, we've, we've got a much better opportunity to get something out of. Um, so I don't like being pessimistic though. I'm going to say we're going to get a a draw, and I think it's going to be a two-two, provided that we have the same starting lineup and everyone's fit and they're buzzing. I think we could get something out of it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna plump for a two-two. Presley header. I'm gonna say every week until he scores. He ain't gonna be near the squad, but uh, I hope so, mate. Because I said Wickham, Wickham are going to be better than Cheltenham. And Cheltenham still scored three goals against us, and that's my worry. Wickham are better than Cheltenham. As much as we got goals in us and we're going there in confidence and we can play, it depends on what Oli Palmer, McCormick, and Assel do. I agree. And if we if them three are on, on it and they're better than Wickham, then we yeah we can score goals. But then if folks like Fenwa and other on your Denima or you've got on, McCleary on a Denima McCleary on it, I think it's then, a massive game though for Rodoni. And the reason why I think in particular him is that they, Wickham, have got a lot of the guys who played in the championship last year. They're in the top bit 
if Rodoni's got real aspirations to play at that level and really kick on and be that boss, that midfield dynamo that we want, or going up a league, he's got to go to Wickham and stick it about. Agree. He's got to play in them, yeah, them games and be the best and player on the park, pretty much. The best yeah. player on the pitch if he wants to have a successful championship career starting in January. No, I agree. I agree. Right, then, Dan, so you're going one all. I'm going. I'm going no, two, two, two all. Sorry, you're going. You're going Desmond. Desmond. I do fancy a Desmond, but I, I just think we might lose the game four two. So right. I'm going to go four two. I'll fortunately Wickham. But oh, we'll have a, we'll have a four hours now watching the cricket, and you're going to come with me four two Wickham. It's just a sham, yeah. Sorry, mate. Right. Well, Dan, thanks very much for joining me. It's been a pleasure as always. Lee, thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure as always. Yeah. Nice. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wombles Dream and on Facebook at the Wombles Had a Dream. Get involved. By the fans, for the fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.